Hello everyone and welcome back to the People and Tech podcast. Um, we have had an episode for you that's out, but we're thinking of pulling it because it is horrendously bad audio that we prepared while we were on, on our annual honeymoon, isn't there? Um, we'll see. Maybe mm. you'll keep this horrendous one or maybe we'll find some way to make it slightly better. We'll I think just... we just push it. I think there's a lot of value in pushing that. Just I think. no matter how bad it is, right? Uh, yeah. That's right. Maybe it's just one of those cases we have to say that the substance over style uh, wins. Fine, fine. We'll, we'll just have to do okay. something which is substandard and we'll hate. We have these discussions the on trade-offs yes. um, a lot these days, don't we? But we think we're making the right uh, decisions, hopefully, for the most part. Now, mm. um, a, a couple of quick things. Just last night... Uh, um, you wouldn't know when last night is, but just last night, we have had a late night podcast with um, some friends. And we hope to be keeping these conversations going because they, they were genuinely a godsend. It, it kick-started our, our uh, week and our, our um, daily, at least, if not our, our sprint check-in in, in a way like never before because it was super energizing. Um, are you disagreeing with the content or looking at the sound and being worried about something just a quick one no 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 you carry on i'm not worried about anything they looked it no 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 oh, quizzical because i'm looking at something we'll be talking about a bit later but uh, that's my bad for not concentrating on being in the moment Thank you for saying that, and please thank me back for calling you thank for... you for calling me out on that thank you otherwise and you would have not been being lost. stressful and having a moment where we can just throw everything out right that's the one so it's simple it is right are we leaving the city <laughs> we yeah. should we should so i can see him just to give you some context for those of you that are only listening i obviously can see him um and you can do on 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 google later on, on not on google yeah on google everything's on google isn't it um Look on, on our YouTube channel later to see him be distracted, clearly uh, frowning, just as I am telling you that we had an amazing moment with our besties on a podcast. And we I'm did. Like, I'm not, I'm not this is not going to no. work well. I'm not going to yeah. be convincing anyone it was great when when uh, he, he feels this way physically. So that's why I called him on it. And also because, as everyone knows, I famously want to have every human being um, I've ever met. I'm going to have to pause for a second. I'm, I've received a personal message that is disturbing. I want to mm -hmm. deal with it. And I don't want to pretend it's not happening. So I'm going to just pause this if it's possible. Okay. Or leave. Can I pause instead of stop? Um, oh, welcome back, everyone. We're back. If we're back. We're back. We hope we're back. So apologies for that, but we wanted to leave it in because it's a, it's a real moment and I wish more people did that and I encourage my team to do it whenever they can, which is when something, there is no more clear delimitation between our real, our real lives and our professional lives, right? Mm -hmm. So when life, it's norm, it's, it's normalcy and it's, it's everydayness, but into our professional life and that happens at any point now, they're all in, intricated in ways that they have never been before. 
um, I encourage everyone to take a second and figure that out first and not continue anything, right? So if you're on a live call or in a meeting, whatever it is, excuse yourself for two seconds. We used to be able to do that in real life meetings, right? You'd be like, I need to go to the ladies room. These days, you can't even tell you're on a Zoom, you got to go to the ladies rooms. And if you can, if you just disappear without a word, it's a bit bizarre. No one excuses themselves, right? For no reason. And I think it's wrong. I think it, it, it definitely is now adding to these things we need to start putting in place, which are things like, uh, let's have shorter meetings, let's have smaller teams, let's close the ranks on human bits, and let's pause it when you have to. And this is an example of that, which is I received a text. I thought it was a bad text from our little one. I obviously, I forgot what we were talking about, what we were going to tell you, what story, what anything. I just went like, oh no, my child. And I could have carried on and done this podcast like I've many times done with, with thinking something horrible is happening to my child in the background because unfortunately my entire working career, I have had to have moments like that. I've had text saying my child is just being rushed to the hospital in an ambulance and I had to get on stage and still deliver a speech or, or being told that He's just getting a horrible fever and they don't know what it is. And he's had a um, a bit of a seizure, as little kids would do, right? But I wasn't just down the street. I'd be in another continent. So it would mean two flights until I got to find out. So I had to steal myself for surviving this uncertainty of not knowing if my kids are all right while still delivering on professional things. And I tell you now, that's dumb. And there's no reason to do that. And it didn't help my child, didn't help me, didn't help the people I protected from reality, didn't help anything. So stop work for life and try not to stop life for work is genuinely advice. Anyhow, it wasn't a bad no. text to wrap it up. It was actually a nice text. He had found something. Um, right. Go back to the story. So we had this podcast with our friends. Which was more of a dinner party? Would you call Virtual it? Virtual dinner party. That's right. Yeah. Or chat. Or, yeah. or or drinks. Virtual drink session. And what we normally talk to them about, we talk to them on the podcast as well, which is practically just technology. Ooh. We happen to all be uh, married to technology and they are illustrious names. Uh, Brian and Dana Finster and, and Trace and, and Bob Bannon. Um, they are illustriously devs married to ops and, uh, um, devs married to devs and devs married to devs. That's right. And they, they have podcasts and enterprises and the name in the community because they've been fighting for practically human debt without knowing that that's what they are or without mm. even categorizing themselves as that for many years alongside us we've known them some years in the community and they are lovely amazing people and we thought you guys have to see the interaction between them as you sometimes are being put through the interaction between us so we got them together at long last and they spoke to us for a while and that should be with you guys this week or last week i don't know when this could mm. come out anymore anyhow how can it be with them last week it can't we can't have any time <laughs> no God damn it. I, uh, I was going to take that as a failed sprint. We can't. I don't know. Imagine how productive our sprints would be if we could go back in time. And yeah, at least to delete things. Yeah, because, you know, if you could go back in time, it's the first thing everyone's going to do, isn't it? Just go back to that failed sprint. And delete everything. Well, yeah, start again. That's, that's absolutely going to happen. That would. True. 
that's not a, a detour or anything. If I had tried a detour like that in the middle of the of the story, you would have had a word with me. You would have had a uh, disappointed face. Your detours are better, though. You like your detours better than mine, which, you know, can't be blamed for. Everyone does. Yeah. Not to mention mine are colossally long and boring, so. Uh, <laughs> no one said that. Yeah, good. So, we talked to them, and the topic yesterday was meant to be about other things. How did we all end up being married to take? What about our kids? Shall we do a play live that one of those that we call um, a teaming play? Let's talk about our kids, our lives, our our um, journeys. And we promised to do that next episode. But now we were taken by, by Brian in the, the middle of it proposed. Have you guys all read the Dora report? Shall we discuss the two surprising findings about practically what he will explain a lot better than I and, and Dave can reiterate, which is the fact that he didn't quite see the CI recognition he would have liked to have seen in the report. And secondly, and maybe most importantly, what we ended up talking about is the finding that TBD um, was found by the Dora report to be connected to burnout. That was kind of the, the headline, right? We hadn't read it at the time we admitted we mm -hmm. hadn't read it. We had known about the same headlines that he was quoting, but not in any depth. And so we we vowed to first read it and then have any informed opinion. All I kept in the podcast repeating was um, burnout is a much bigger context that needs to be seen as an organizational level, at the team level, at an individual level. And we all have responsibility in each of those levels to, to sink it. This is not a technology only problem. Um, but I think I don't know if that point quite resonated with my audience at the time. And what I, what I'd like to use today to do is expound on that because I don't even think that Dave is very clear. I I would have felt in the conversation yesterday that Dave, Dave, Brian, Dana, and 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 Tracy and Bob are all kind of probably Bob. I'm not quite sure on Bob yet. I'm presuming now that Bob has a much more overview. Um, no, a much more, I would presume, practical view of things. Much yeah, more yeah. like he works in operations. Yes. So I think Bob and I see things more of a helicoptery way in a way that you four don't because you have been in while you have been in many positions and have seen obviously everything your your primary dev position has cushioned you from organizational matters mm -hmm. to the degree that yesterday's conversation was comfortably what could possibly make you be burnout, out and i like that i let that go it was the wrong framework i thought um for the level we should be at in mm -hmm. the technology level i thought we need to take our heads out of why do we feel that way and bring it a lot closer to who should be dealing with us feeling different and i think we did that without realizing it because we started talking about um the connection between TBD and burnout, which threw us a little bit, and we all had theories yeah. on that. I have a very strong theory that it's practically, if you read my books, my, my supposition is there will be a higher correlation because all of these higher ways of 
of delivering technology, the lean methodologies mm -hmm. coupled with, you know, the agility we need to show in process, coupled with the cleanliness of code we need to show by doing TDD, by doing a, an ownership-based software development that allows us to be clean, to be pairy. They all need us to have an intense human element, which is the hard, difficult bit that makes us burn mm -hmm. out when we get to it. So I've said this all along. I think technologists are a layer that are going to be more affected. But I didn't bring us to that layer mm -hmm. because you guys were so into this is what happened to me. And I wanted to hear those experiences. Right. And yeah, I'll let you I'll let you talk in just a second. Oh, Let's thank see. you. Yeah, no, right? <laughs> Everyone's waiting for that second when you finally get to you. And I'll ask you for exactly what did you think to prepare with that? What did you think during that conversation? What I yeah. thought was we need to get our head out of how I felt it, how you felt it and allow for there's multiple ways of feeling this. But whatever it is, we can agree on one thing. And that thing is we got to do this human work at the technical level. That was all I took out of it. So it's ecstatic yeah. that the Dora report wrong or right made this conversation happen. Yeah, yeah I think you've got a good uh, theory and supposition around what that is. And yeah, I think that's definitely got legs. Uh, it's very hard to pierce through the Dora report. And I think you've highlighted that, you know, they asked four questions around well-being of I didn't get oh, into it properly at this time. I'm not sure. I want to yeah. double check this. I want to yeah. check how many they were, but I would be interested to see what amount of mm -hmm. research they used. I presume they used the Aristotle set of questions and they cannot have been a couple. There must have been a few hundred. Oh, okay. um, but even then, like, it doesn't matter what yeah. amount of questions you have, obviously, right? You might have the one mythical question, like, give oh, me the key to it. your heart. <laughs> doesn't matter, right? See straight into their hearts and see the burnout. Yeah. Um, I'm not even describing like, or rather, I'm not attacking how many questions, what the set was necessarily, but I am hoping that it has inbuilt mm -hmm. these big contexts, right? The organizational context, the team context, the individual context, and all of the Aristotle research at the minimum. At the end of the day, this is the Torah report. So surely they got that bit clear. Yeah, I'll, I'll yeah. figure that out over the next week or so. Yeah. But anyways, for you, that conversation, right. talking about these things, right? Clearly, talk, just from, from you are the latest to come to the table, <laughs> to the table of fighting human death yeah. in that group, right? If you look, maybe you and Bob are the latest, if you wish. Mm -hmm. But but everyone was a reluctant comer at their time. <laughs> I do think everyone does come to this subject uh, reluctantly. Uh, maybe we'll touch on that a little bit later on. But, you know, the stereotypical view of the developer, and mm. you know, I think we touched on this one before as well, actually, of how that developer role has changed from being that jack-of-all-trades. Right? The project used to be, you know, end-to-end. -end, right? A developer, a single developer could take a product end-to-end. Uh, and now, unless it's the smallest, simplest of things, that's just impossible to do. And to fit that into a large enterprise, again, is, you know, just joking. So... Are you this... saying, just to clarify for me, not being facetious, yeah. and, and I completely agree if you are, but correct me if I'm wrong, that they, they've lost that ownership. The end-to-end -end ownership has disappeared in the fact that they became a clog in the machine. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can remember... You know, some of those first things I worked on when I was, you know, a com commercial Lone Wolf programmer rather than just a toy missing around with my Spectrum and Amigas programmer. Uh, 
that I was working in pretty much isolation on some of those things. And that was fun, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, because you're much easier. As I said, you know, we've touched on before, it's a lot easier to get into flow. You've got a single process, you've got a single target. But at the same point, this was, what, 88? Something like that, I think. Yeah. 88. Look, mm. I get it. I would have um, liked to have been a developer. And the world was, you know, yep. a much more different place then as well. And I can remember... You know, the manuals we have to get, right? You know, just pages and pages and pages and pages and pages of books and dead trees everywhere. I think we and... have a bunch of these still as trophies in, in your oh, office. Who can... <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, every time I go to the, the tower of books I've got in there, it's just like, I don't want to feel like I'm a 1930s book burning Nazi, just, you know, just throwing we'll, them away we'll for go, the we'll Take a couple of the pictures of the Dave Farley's were trying to not burn, but at the same time, that, that's, yeah. I'm lying. Those are some of the, the real DevOps tenants are thin, I think. That's hilarious. The truth is, if you put a tome of all of the manuals and all of the um, Agile for Dummies and all of the real ones and all of the non-real ones together, but you also put the tome of, but what do I really need so that I get this stuff? Yeah. It will very clearly have a much thinner layer. But who who is capable to see where that value is, where that layer is? So then you become either stacked with useless information or you become, this becomes diluted. We've discussed this almost every episode. But at the time, we needed it. We all had to go through this. We yeah. had to go through the tomes and, and distill it. We're the ones that throw the distilled bits. Let's be honest, right? Because yeah. we need to stop the modesty somewhere. But what we've done is, despite the fact that we've inundated the world with content, some of us, we still haven't even touched the, the corners of explaining to people that are stuck in those tomes, in those manuals. They remember how to do business by uh, A, B, C, always be closing. Or always start with an intro, have 20 pages and a template from some well-meaning character in the street. Who knows? Yeah. Right? But those tenants have, you're right, have changed. I'll let you get back to the story. I'll shut up for a second. Okay. Yeah. No. But, yeah, taking it from that lone wolf programmer, developer, where you're responsible for everything, and you had no mean of support from you know, a wider online community in any way, shape or form, were tough. If something didn't work, you know, we can now spend 10 minutes seeing it didn't work and then off onto, you know, chat GPT, uh, Stack Overflow, something, something, something. But back in them days, you were done. <laughs> There's nowhere to turn. Uh, and I can remember, uh, yeah, just one of those weird buggy issues you just couldn't get around when the framework I was using was just flashing blue rather than yellow or something and it's just like now what the freaking hell do i do yes don't get there but now with everything being put into the team and everything being everyone else's responsibility does that get diluted does that sense of ownership get diluted does everyone if you've got a team of five developers does everyone feel 20 percent of the ownership or does everyone feel 100 percent of the ownership Hmm. And they have to, done? because your biggest argument, counter-argument that you encounter over and over again, and this is your live sales training, let's face it, right? This mm -hmm. conversation we're having, 
we don't have any other time to have to churn through these concepts as well as we do together. It's why we have this platform. We finally arrived at this. Just last week, I was screaming at everyone, I believe, if I remember correctly, something towards, and I don't, I have to admit, that was quite an intense period we've, we've gone through. But just last week, I was absolutely screaming from the, the depths of my soul that you will never outcode chat GPT. Yeah. Um, I still believe that you will never outcode ChatGPT. So where we're going towards mm -hmm. it is an even so whatever you're describing is increasing and it's getting well, ChatGPT as it is now. Yeah, well, you know, it's still. Okay, I didn't take that. mean ChatGPT. Obviously, I meant right. you won't In three or four years forever time? outright, no, right. yeah. outright or outcode AI. Okay, this is not yeah. even about coding. This is take it come come down everyone. It's not about the developer communities. Speaking of which, I'd like us to take this one step backwards and say, the donor report became a tool for the business community only when some of us in the agile community noticed it and started going oh sorry excuse me this is this thing they have over here in the technology sphere that applies just fine to banking as well and that's just exactly the same thing in pharma and that is mm -hmm. that is how the community starting the business community started understanding where psychological safety is coming from what the deal is with the with the google aristotle project if it hadn't been for the dora report maybe it would have been harder because it's all these ctos that practically brought it into the organization and went this is a thing and i've said this all along it's historically important to the kind of growth and and my observations of the of the of the anthropological nature of the agile co uh, industry and community. But outside of that, and you can find that in my second book that everyone found too complicated, and no one's reading to the tune of under a hundred pounds, like I told you in the other episode. Uh, <laughs> uh, right, <laughs> no one sees it in your no. in our uh, side by side. He was actually uh, pointing to one of the books, not the new one, which you can see right there. Let's do that. There we go. But the older one. <laughs> I don't think anyone's even looking at this, but anyhow, if they are, that those are the books we need you to please purchase there we so go. that we make more than a hundred pounds ever. You should do this. Oh. <laughs> I promise we did not. We wouldn't have. I'm so sorry. Are you all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fine. But you stabbed in the back by my book. I know. If I was a gambling man, well, I'd say there was a suspicious man at the very least. I would say there was definitely something uh, in that. But I'm not. So I'm going to put that down to a pure accident and pure For idiocy of my own point. listening to this, uh, Dave was being a supportive uh, CEO and per showing you what you could purchase because he has been not even telling you about the software that you could purchase at all, but he was putting my book right next to him, behind him, and it fell. And it not only fell, but he very... Poisley did what those uh, what he must have seen that uh, models on a podium do and continued walking with my books. The show must go on, and it's not. <laughs> it was quite yeah, the show must go on, but we've taken about a three minute diversion to explain that. So. That's right, that's right. Yeah. Uh, anyhow, so that, which, which is why it's better to maybe look at us than listen to us because we're more boring in, in listening to us. But I, we don't know if we are boring. Right back. Are we boring? Are we? Can we cut some bits? Can we? Actually, don't tell us what we should be doing. I don't give a flying what you think. So, um, I lie. I give a flying what you think. I wish we all thought good things, yeah. right? But anyways, back to this conversation with our friends, right? Dave has been there, lived through that. I think he's the newest to the uh, to the idea of human dead. I also don't think that Bob had had the name for it, and he, mm -hmm. I don't know that he's always thought of it that way. 
Um, so obviously maybe the maybe that Bob is the newest to it, I would say, because Mr. Ballantyne had three years of intense training in EQ. Mm-hmm. Um, what human that is, he has edited books, let them stab him in the back and learned mm-hmm. all these concepts. And The books I edited have not stabbed me in the back. <laughs> no. However... I, I want to, maybe you guys didn't understand in my conversation last week, but he has been, he's made a lot more than cups of coffees. Man, many of these concepts have been passed between us. We've discussed the topic of burnout from every possible angle while this has been written. A lot of researchers went into what do we know so far? What has Microsoft found out? What has GitHub found out? What has Google given us? Because Google, again, mm-hmm. for the billionth time, the most amount of research we have comes from the Aristotle project and the, um, what's the other one project? And the Leadership One project, it always escapes the name. So the two of them are what Google has given us on a bigger set of data than we have from any other enterprise. And we, if it leaves us with nothing other than mm-hmm. search and and the workplace knowledge, they, they've done enough for humanity. So, um. I'm big, a big fan of the Dora report. I hope that none of this is necessarily true, that they said trunk-based development burns you out. But here's my theory. What if it does? They said there's a correlation. Okay. Let, let, let's pick the words let's, let's... right. There is a, they have reported a correlation between using trunk-based and, and, development and, and, and higher burnout. And we, what if we agree that it is higher? And what if we then, again, I, I tell you, I believe I have said, and you might be able to com- convince me otherwise, because you're the one that remembers my books better than me sometimes. I believe I have said this many times, and I remember I said this on a call with Tracy years and years ago when we met, which is techies are going through a bigger and more immediate burnout than we can measure. It's bigger than other people because they've had intense, an intense period of intellectual burnout pre-pandemic, and they are having an intense period of emotional burnout during pandemic and post-pandemic because mm-hmm. of how they are now, which is not because of the pandemic only, it's because of where technology happens to have landed. We have started with the, the techies who are now in their 40s and 50s are people who have gone through generations of learning, generations of code, generations of world changing around mm-hmm. them. The, the impact of have us having gone from some of most of us paper to digital most of us from analog to digital most of us from command and control to servant leadership most of us from this is how selling works to who knows what works and it's only connecting and passion Uh, and yes most of us from coding or writing in a corner to having to do intensely human activities together where we pair program we talk to each other we podcast we are honest we show authenticity and it started with little plates on instagram and it never goddamn went away mm-hmm. and now we have to open and bear our souls in even in a professional fashion it's fucking uncomfortable it's uncomfortable we are untrained we don't know how it has finished us it has burnt us out more than other i believe it absolutely mm-hmm. a million percent and you know what maybe they don't have the data to prove it but they're on to something and it is 100% where it's going. And the Dora report, with or without the paper, would have then proven the fact that there is human debt in the world and that this human debt is burning the technology world faster than anywhere else because it is a tech-led culture. Mm-hmm. Right. Good. 
All right. So other than that, we got nothing. Uh, no, 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 no. There, there was some, and actually, just on the subject of burnout, uh, I don't know if you read this line, but it was talking about documentation and quality documentation. And let me quote from the line here again. Then, however, increasing documentation. This You're is what cheating. I was Are you reading from it now, live? I never had it open. This is what I was looking at earlier when you said uh, you're looking quizzical at something. Yeah, but okay, but that's still not yeah. fair. You're still cheating. You never told me we're doing it. I'm doing it blind. You just got it all in your head, though. No, I don't. Okay. Well, look. Okay. What does it say? Let me know. We're asking you for your opinions. Yes. Blind. So you don't need that. In this all right. So, increasing documentation quality doesn't lead to a better well-being for everyone. As the quality of documentation increases, some respondents report increased levels of burnout. Of course! They hate it! They hate doing that! Who wants to write documentation? Nobody! Who wants mm. to do admin? Nobody! Who wants to pull up the phone and make a sale? Nobody! Let me tell you, these shitty parts exist in every job. Yeah. Yes. Other than they say quality documentation is foundational. Absolutely! Yeah. But no one likes doing it, and everyone gets burnt out by doing it. So, why so what's don't going we then, on? What, it doesn't matter what's going on. Why don't we just outsource this completely to AI? Mm-hmm. Strip it. Take it away from them. If they never liked it, take it away. If we have a, a golden opportunity to allow people to be creative and human. Free them from the shit that's easy to free them from. The mm -hmm. automation, the the lack of having resources, the lack of training. Free them from that. Yeah. Yeah? Take away the shit that burns them out. Cheap at it. What else? Tell me what else goes up. I'll tell you right now. When they have to uh, give handovers. It, they'll improve, uh, uh, but I, I think without reading the shit, it's completely blind. And I'll tell you now, yeah. they, the devs will not like it when you make them talk to others. You, yeah, they have too many meetings. We've done this for the last five years. Yeah. They are too busy. They are, um, what is it? They are, these are the, these are the things they're telling you, right? They are, uh, not having any time those are the what they're telling but what they really mean is i you 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 pulled me out of flow and if you pulled me out of flow a certain amount of time that i feel is fair and mm -hmm. i owe it to you because i i made this contract with you that i'll be out of flow doing x y and z with you i'll give it to you because that structure, that's clarity, you want to depend on me, mm -hmm. I want to depend on you. It's It ticks all the Aristotles. For me, it ticks all the Aristotles for you. I'll come and do that. Yeah. Anytime you pull me out of flow because I had to fucking fix something else that I perceive is a favor to you, a enterprise or team or product owner, because it ain't my job and I hate it and fuck you, Take your testing elsewhere and take your fucking documentation elsewhere and take any time you and me talk to a human elsewhere because those are the mm -hmm. times that I'm doing you a favor because the only time you brought me here for is to be in flow. That is the reaction you get. That's the, the very, at the very core of this is what Dora has caught probably is a figment of fuck you team, fuck you enterprise for making me do something McKinsey calls the outer loops. Yeah. Let me tell you, there's correlation between these two things. Neither of these things are right, but they're all sensing human debt. So McKinsey, the outer loops, is not wrong. 
It's just it's, not like. No, McKinsey's Outer Loops exist. Shit developers don't like exist. All of these things are activities outside the flow, like documentation writing, like doing testing, like talking to other people, like having to do whatever is admin and you don't want to do. All of those bits you don't want to do that are outside the flow are outer loops. Mm-hmm. Fucking burn you out and make you feel some kind of way because they're all needed if you do trunk-based development. Let me tell you. Yeah. Yes. When you have ownership end-to-end and you care about what the fuck you make, you're going to need to do all of those and you'll hate it and you'll be burnt out. Yeah. yeah? And you'll be less productive when you're burnt out as per the outer loops of our friends McKinsey. Yeah. And this is the time for us developers and tech community to go, yeah, that's what's happening. Now you can either pay me better and understand my limits or I won't show up correct. I won't give you good code anymore. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, it makes, makes perfect, perfect sense, I think. It does to me and you yeah. does it to anyone else. <laughs> I don't know. That's what we're trying to back. That's, that's the team we're batting for, though, right? And that's the message we're drilling in and drilling in and drilling in. And tell them and tell them and tell them again. And really, Go back to Aristotle. Get it all measured. Yes. Get it. Understand what it's about. See developers with a different lens. Treat people as humans. It's not difficult. It shouldn't be. No. It shouldn't be. We'll do this for the next 20 years. So you can come no. back and listen to us next time. But, I mean, what I would like us to get is, like, a couple of developer stories. I think we even had some of those... Do you think we can kind of get one developer story or two developer stories in here if you find them in our recordings? Yeah, I'm sure we can do. Do some stuff about when you were uh, first starting out in Chatham. There was some stuff about my first beginnings in seeing developer teams in Sweden, I think if yeah. there was one. Yeah, yeah, we should get those in if we can. Listen, you guys, if we find those, they will be inserted right here. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. This is what I saw there. Yep. Okay, so you so went to a started, Swedish office block. We started working technology since I graduated high school or even before that, in ways or others. It was more on the, I don't know, kind of general side of it. Yeah. Whereas this was the first time, my first time ever kind of coming very close to the psychology of developers, if you wish. Right. And this is for a Swedish company. No. Um, yeah, a Swedish company run by an American uh, guy called, I don't know if he wants me to call him or not, but I can ask him. Um, and he he had de- developed practically a, a genius thing. He had developed a DHCP6 engine. At this time, mm-hmm. probably means absolutely nothing to no one. It didn't mean anything to me at the time either. Uh, probably didn't mean anything to many people at all because no one knew what IPv4 was, forget what IPv6 was. Yeah. And IPv6 was a, a dream, a distant dream at the time that we are having this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so he was going around telling people the world of internet is going to change, all of your infrastructure is going to be kind of fucked. Would you please have this other thing yeah. uh, that I have made for you? And they all went, wow. Well, ridiculous one none of that is happening too soon two that would be too big of an investment three there are competitors of yours that have a lot more money that have made this yeah ironically one of his competitors was a company called men and mice making dhtp as well they had the vp of sales briefly called georg ludwigson 
somewhere else in the world, yeah. with an unbeknownst to the two of us, we were competing. We were not sweaty, yeah. It's hilarious. And then, but we didn't know this until years and years later, yeah. Bjorg and I. Um, who then later obviously became my boss as the CEO of Meniga. Anyhow, at this time, I'm in, I'm in Sweden and I'm entering this vast office building um, with, with, in, oh God, now, now that I realize that all of these things mean so many other things, right, in, in the right light. So, the uh, vast office space, but in it, various spaces had had what looked like a, an um, organic growth <laughs> to extend themselves from being a potential. Each of these developers could have easily had one office to themselves, maximum two people in an office, uh -huh. if they wanted to. They were that those kinds of long rooms, perhaps half of this. You know what I remember? You remember what I want about where you could easily put two desks and still have room around them yeah. so two developers could happily and that was the and some execs would have just one some developers would have two in them yeah. well let me tell you this imagine this picture is that same size of a room that now instead of having two big desks with their back to each other so developers face each other yeah. and work they were having four desks next to each other on the length of the side of the window of this room and all four of them were aligned yeah and working. Uh -huh. No one had set them up like that. And I never even questioned until today why they were like that, considering the space in the room and the configuration of every other room that didn't have developers in there. Yeah. So let me tell you, I think they gravitated towards this model. I think they naturally formed themselves into this model. Yeah. I don't think Badmir would ever said, you're in a team with me, you're in a team with him. I think these people just kind of grew that product like that mm -hmm. by chatting to each other and standing up and looking over the other guy's shoulder for 20 seconds of pair programming and that they had banter, they had the same music, each room had a different type of radio they liked to listen to. Mm -hmm. These were Swedish developers so they would often kick off their shoes before starting to develop which made me sweat and never be able to bring a corporate client over mm -hmm. unless I convince them to put them back on which I have done over my career for multiple Icelandic companies I understand why you want your shoes off before now I need everyone to look profesh because these fuckers are coming from England and they don't understand you need to be comfortable the yeah. amount of times I have to say that <laughs> and I had wrongly believed that all these all developers everywhere have this kind of molly coded you know kind of situation where work started at nine and ended on the dot at five uh -huh. but equally there was a fika break at ten a fika break is a wellness have tea have that is uh -huh. almost religious across various institutions in Sweden don't get me started though, because this is why it gets bad. Yeah. This is where well-intentioned things get bad, is when that FICA thing applies in a hospital while people are dying as well. Yeah. Yeah? Anyways, in a programming environment though, let me tell you, it's fine. You can afford it, yeah. that they have a tea and a coffee. And then they get back to work, put their head down for um, 
solo yeah. work for a couple of hours yeah. and then they would emerge for lunch. a mandatory team lunch. Everyone and their dog would seem to me like a mandatory one, mm -hmm. seemed to them like a perk. Everyone and their dog was putting their shoes back on and walking regimentedly and it wasn't just our office, it was all other office buildings were walking regimentedly to the lunch halls mm -hmm. where people would have a beer, a type of lingonberries and some, some, some meatballs and have this conversation about either life, very little was changing in life, yeah. how the kids still good, great. How about this problem? How yeah. do we make this new thread work? Because I keep getting this error. And they would finish this and they would go back down for an hour or two and towards three or four they would have a lengthy, what I would call, chatty meeting. A lot more animated, maybe mm -hmm. a laugh or two over a coffee. And then they'd kind of decide what they do tomorrow and they would go the fuck home. And the code these people had churned had made this other type of internet, mm -hmm. this DHCPv6 thing. Yeah. And let me tell you, a lot less people than I'm comfortable to tell you because I don't remember what we were saying to the market. But let's just say they were comfortably under two teams if they were to have been organized like that. Mm -hmm. But they looked like they would have been comfortably 2000 as our competitors were. Yeah? Mm -hmm. This is why they, they did that. Because they had a life they adored. Yeah. They were potentially doing TDD, potentially doing TBD, potentially yeah. doing all the pairings in a natural way that still allowed them to do loads of their flow and to have loads of their regimented simple pleasures. I still think that's the perfect isotope for yeah. developers. But that world does not exist. <clears throat> no society affords that world because these people are practically in a club and mm -hmm. functional for maybe a day or two a month but that entire day or two were at the level that no other teams could yeah meanwhile they had friendship and some work mm -hmm. and that's what people are productive at who can afford that because then with today's political correctness madness and lack of being able to gravitate and lack of well-being and all of that you need a billion instead of 12 that's what's happening yeah that's why you're bloated it's because you don't know how to make this environment for your developers and then now you, your developers are inserted into the end-to-end -end ownership idea and they're incapable unwilling because they heard of these places in Sweden where they could just eat lingonberries yeah. and unprepared. So we need to fix that. Okay. That's all. Yeah. And how do we replicate that in a remote work environment? I mean, it sounds ideal. I'm very jealous. That's it. And it doesn't exist. It yeah. only exists in this insane society where they... Okay, let, let's, let's, let's be clear. This is an economical problem. The reason you can't organize people like that, yeah, is because we do not have the amount of money it would take to have that hundreds of thousands of people be productive only at their best, yeah? 
So we need to kind of force them to be yeah. productive at other times. Yeah. No one here is, is is saying let people only have one million millisecond of brilliance all their lives and wait for that one and pay them meanwhile. I'm not insane, right? Yeah. You have to ask a minimum amount of unpleasant effort alongside the happiness. I'm, oh, yeah. I've never said otherwise. And people have to have some adulthood, some professional deontological sense, some mm. some ethics, some common sense. But outside of that, if you make the big, tweak that, how much do you need to put from money and understanding and and and, and per organizational permission versus and, man, and 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 tools versus how much do they need to put from their personal responsibility and meet in the fucking middle and find a responsible place. But I hold both parts responsible, not the organization only. It's the developers that don't agree that it is the Lingenberries that are after. Yeah. It's the people who don't say, this is too much for me. I don't, you brought me, I don't know what meeting I'm in. Well, I'm doing you a favor, you're in a product meeting so that you fucking understand what these product owners know that the client wants. What? I'm just bothered, why am I here? I just wanna be, fuck you, I wanna write code. I don't want to be in this meeting. I don't want your ownership. Mm -hmm. I don't care what this product does to the end consumer. So no, I think we need to go, each of your developers have to be, has to be told about Project Aristotle and tell them each of these bits are a, bit, a little bit your responsibility as well. How are we doing for dependability? None mm -hmm. of my problems. Yes, it is. Are you dependable? Yeah. How is structure and clarity? Well, I don't fucking know about those. You do. Did you, were you very clear who's your boss? Do you know for a fact? when you need to do this pa uh, pass over to whatever it's called to code or like you know psychological safety doesn't matter to me don't be fucking ridiculous or i don't care about my impact i just sit here and write code but that's on you you're an asshole you should yeah like we need an episode about developers responsibility towards the aristotle pledge the aristotle pledge for everyone both organizations and developers. That's what it needs to be. The Aristotle Project Pledge. Just fix each of these assholes. Yeah. And we know just how. Yeah. <clears throat> well done, baby. We fixed the world again. Mm -hmm. But uh, if we don't find those, let's uh, let's pretend we never said that, and we'll get yeah. them in the next episode. Okay. Yep. We'll certainly do that. All right. But here's another stat, which I'm not sure it's surprising, but the number's big, right? And then this is when it's talking about failed deployments. Mm -hmm. Now, performance level of elite. Let's start at the top. Deployment frequency on demand. Change lead time less than one day. Change failure rate, 5%, still seems quite high. Uh, fail, failed deployment time, recovery time, one hour, less than one hour, and 18% of respondents are doing that. So well done, all of those people. Yeah. Right, that's trunk-based development, that's flow, that's TDD, that's testing, that's all your good bits put in place, and perhaps that even a psychological safety. Maybe even if, if you're lucky. Now, on the flip side of that, if we go down to the low performance thing, which let's assume this is 1986, seven, eight practices, deployment frequency between once per week and once per month. And even once per week. It was 
is quite ambitious that? sometimes. In some, that? who is doing that today? Yeah, no. In some enterprises, once per week is unheard I'm of. I'm sorry. Some enterprises. Most. Well, what is the percentage? Because you can look at that data in front of you. You know what percentage of enterprises uh, they presume. Of, okay. okay, so this is seventeen. So seventeen percent of respondents are doing that. Yeah. But oh, what percentage of were respondents? Let's not forget you have top performance in the DORA report. Yeah, There absolutely. are several thousands of the best organizations in the world. This is the top of the, 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 top cream of the, top. Of the crop, yes. And, and even the cream of then, the crop of the, trim, the crop still, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So perhaps there is a big... So maybe these numbers are skewed but because we're picking the cream of the crop and not... Joe Blow software team down the road. And there is some of the Joe Blow software team down the road <laughs> element, of course, as well. I don't. I would doubt that the that the that the segmentation of the respondents is an, an an okay because if anything, they know what to do is kind of make sure not only that these findings are good, but that yeah. they extrapolate. Well, yeah, well, I'm industry. no statistician, but anyway. No, we're not. But we yeah. still believe that them to be correct. But what we do say is. Is there a skew towards performance? And there is, let's face it. Yeah. 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 Anyway, let's carry on. So the change lead time between one week and one month and the change failure rate is massive 64%. So you're telling me nearly, you know, seven out of 10 deployments fail in those enterprises. How is that not soul-sapping? Well, can I ask you something and, else? Uh, uh, I can attack that. You might not like, or I might be wrong. This is a good one live. We would yeah. have discussed that. Why is it maybe those deployments were part of an agile process of them failing fast? Uh, no, because the failed deployment recovery time is, get this, between one month and six months. So did, I'm, I'm lost. What is a failed recovery? To get you back to a working state. What? No. Yes. No. I mean, again, right? So you're saying in this batch, they didn't calculate all the little experiments. Because then if that's how many are failing, that's great. That just means they're learning. No, no. No, people no these are unintentional. No. These right. would have wanted them let's, to Let's be... think about this. If you experiment, how often do you deploy so you mean non-new AT conversations, yeah. post-new AT failures? Um, I'm assuming this is all production systems. Could be wrong. But that's what I'm asking because it makes a no, massive, no, no. massive difference. Okay. Because if it is what I think, it just shows you those people are doing testing and are moving fast. Yeah, I don't think it's making any delimitation here, but I don't think that is what they mean. But do you see how opposite these two can be? Yeah. Post-new AT... Great, they're doing agile. Past UAT, are they fucking kidding? Everything's crap. Yeah, but no, I, I would assume that this is just production. You know, let's come back to this. And let's uh, if, make it a mark point and okay. come back to it. And even then, if you're deploying to UAT using these manual fashions, which let's assume the low-performing teams are doing, you can't do that with a experimentation A-B process. Okay, now you lost me, and I won't. I won't. The turn for the, or against the lead time is simply not insane. fast enough so okay. for you to be able to do experiments. So you're saying that the the, the 
timings you're reading are saying that they, there's no way that they could be these could be quick popcorns I'm talking about. Absolutely. My product owner says, hey, if we change this from green to red, yeah. how many more people buy? And we'll say, we can tell you in six months. Oh, no one's using experiment. I'm only talking about popcorn technology experiments. I'm right. not insane enough to think that anyone's popcorn experimenting in sales with tech. Yeah? I mean, we're talking much bigger enterprises no. would never happen. I'm talking about, you know, I, this is maybe important. Every time we, we talk about something, we should maybe, in, when it comes to technology of things, it's really important to me that we start showing what the delimitations we presume are, but we equally start attacking them. Mm -hmm. And in our case, it's easy because we have to do that live with each other. But here's how I think about it in my autistic mind, right? You have technology and then you have, to my mind, this big technology circle contains data. Yeah, contains mm -hmm. ops, contains sec, if you wish to think of them that maybe contains, I'm forgetting someone, hardware or something else. I, this is all soft. And I suppose there's mm. like some hard component of tech as well. Sorry about that. Everyone in the minor. manufacturing industry. Well, <laughs> yeah. No, minor cloud. <laughs> no, but that's a different dimension to it, of it to me, right? So in this, in this big port of tech, you have these big um, kind of concepts. Yeah. And then as you come into the industry, you'll find, if, as a newcomer into the industry, what I found was, um, or I never knew I was a newcomer to the industry, but apparently I was. So, the, the and the industry, in my mind, was, you know, the tech community. Well, let me tell you, there is no such thing as a tech community. It's as real as Santa. There is mm -hmm. no such thing. The, what there are, there are pockets that don't even correspond to these, like, big, necessarily correspond to these big areas we just talked about. They are pockets that kind of cut through, but they don't even cut through. I then found out in a, in a parallel way so that you can kind of figure out what's what. Maybe it's per regions. Maybe it's per philosophies. Maybe it's per anything of value. Maybe it's per the way we, 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 we congregate or we work or we, maybe it's the time. It's none of that. It's there. It cuts in every which direction and it's a community that's a thick community and doesn't know it is yeah. what I found, right? What I found is, a data community, a security community, uh, at best, what I thought, okay, well, let me go a step higher for good God's sake. This is insane. Uh, a DevOps community, which that is, I, if I'm honest, the one where I, my heart went the most. Those were the most human mm -hmm. dead fighters. They knew the most. They tried the most. They had tried everything. It's almost like the more advanced type of human lived in the DevOps community, I thought, that kind of intersects with the agile community. But this agile community became kind of who is old school for the um, religiously okay. for the manifesto or isn't and just kind of became religious and stuff. And it all now is becoming attacked by, in my mind, by this new generation uh, that is maybe not, not, not wrongly coming from other sides of tech. And let me tell you where side of tech they think they're coming from. They'll tell you they're prod. Yeah. These are new kids that will tell you they're in prod. They're not. They're developers, early developers, who knew they have to have end-to-end, -end, who were realized Aristotle kind of exists, who are curious about 
life and learned quickly how awesome agile was caught on to all the things and others and then swiftly moved from development into into product and now they're getting it they yeah. are the new type and in my view product owners and product developers is all you're gonna have the development um, job as it is today will not exist unfortunately yeah, yeah, yeah. we can protect it in a corner we've already seen it right? chat gpt build me a system that does x then what does a developer have to do you know and if you think about the tech debt we've got and does tech debt exist in an ai driven world where it can just simply replace itself get everything as long right. as it, yeah well not get everything right but can simply replace itself does it remember the tests we put it through it, does it remember, you know, all those different nuances, right? And I think still got to adhere to the laws of garbage in, garbage out. Oh, yeah. But... And common sense and uh, adulthood and maturity and all personal... AI doesn't care about that. They... <laughs> Don't start me at the end of the uh, episode. Right. Uh, anyway, right. <laughs> we do need to wrap up. We I will just say, actually, let's wrap up. But going back to this change fade rate, 64% is hideous the cost to the enterprise let's not worry about the people right we the, never do do we no uh but having to roll back 64 percent of your changes you know what money does of, that cost then? exactly well, it's, right systems down roll back they're not click your fingers how did it fail right and i've you know almost had some robust discussions so we say on you know database deployment scripts and how they roll back and they're saying we it's haven't met, cost. you haven't written the rollback scripts and it's just like i don't even like depends which stage this goes wrong at right what how, what data has sort of been half bathed through this and I'm not necessarily saying we need to wing it. And I don't even know but, what exact uh, example you're on, but why have, to continue your point, why haven't you as an enterprise kept an eye on it and how has it not crippled you? Why was this so uncoupled from your day-to-day -day that you could just leave with it and cover it? And that's where this intersection between you and I will, I hope, become super powerful to those listening to us. It's mm. because I can translate what that means to, like, to an enterprise and you can translate what that means to a developer. Yeah. And the, I think we should keep doing that as much as we can. But I think this failure rate should be something that a developer themselves knows about mm -hmm. and should be something that a product owner cries about. It should be yeah. something that an enterprise is worried about because it's human debt. Mm. But what the Dora report says is you get this failure rate that Dave is talking about. It starts by saying, as ever, it has always done this by saying, what we see as the bigger correlation between elite and success development and, and performance and and uh, mm -hmm. is, is very clearly the state of your culture that says that unequivocally and i yeah. think that is the biggest gain that we are clear that if tech wants to move tech needs to look at culture but look at culture will not mean bring some new episodes about mm -hmm. purpose in or it will mean absolute things things like everyone pledging like the hippocratic oath to abide by the aristotle google findings personally mm -hmm. and as a company or as a team at all levels yeah and Absolutely. then we can go somewhere yeah and i, I think 
it feels like we're picking apart the door report, and I think maybe you know maybe that's to its credit. We right? aren't. We aren't at all. Ninety-eight percent of this, we're just like, if someone's saying, "How can my enterprise perform better?" That <laughs> exactly. So if we say, you know, we know that the people listening to this have the discerning power of knowing, uh, and I will repeat this in writing for as many days as necessary from here on. Again, at the end of the episode, if it had not been for the Dora report, we would not be where we are in the business world, not in the in the in the technology world, in the business world. And, you know, I take some credit, I will, because I have banked on and on alongside others that this is the Dora, this is the findings that Dora shown in their report to matter from the Google Aristotle because they have then expanded it. So if it hadn't been for that, we would not have psychological safety in every HBR report uh, and then psychological safety from every Forbes genius that paid them 400 pounds to be in a council and uh, every newspaper copy and pasting things we've said a billion years ago. So it is absolutely to the credit of the tech community, of the DevOps community, of the Agile community, of the Dora community and of the researchers behind the, 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 the Google Aristotle project that we are where we are today. And it's not much where we are and we have fuckloads more of human debt, but the fact that we can all live another day and attempt to fight it is thanks to these pioneers. Um, we, we, we left you with some big ones over there. Again, I've only said mm -hmm. what I've only said, what I've always said, which is bigger human debt in tech companies, it will come to bite us faster because we live in a tech-led culture. So, um, see you next time and hopefully you enjoyed listening to us and you're subscribing. See you soon. Buy the book, buy the bloody software, the change book. the world, yeah. fight human debt. Bye. Bye-bye, everyone.